This is the night of the Skywalkers. To win the match, you must throw both of your opponents off of the scaffold. Oh, my. Oh, my. To win this one, Tony, not one, but both men must go off the scaffold. Nation Wrestling. Welcome to episode number 59 of NWA Crock and Roll. I am your host, Sean Kidd, and we have finally made it to Starcade 1986. Um, a few episodes ago, Logan and I kind of talked about the build-up to that, and then um, the last two episodes, I kind of bridged the gap a little bit with a few matches that uh, also led up to Starcade that we did not cover. But before I begin tonight, I uh, would like to introduce my co-host up first, Scott Shiflett. How are you tonight? Sean, I'm here. Um, Back from no, vacation. Don't... Back from vacation, you know, I, I listened to you and you and Logan's uh, podcast that you did. Y'all did a great job. Made me upset that I missed the worst segment y'all ever watched in wrestling with the uh, Jimmy Valiant segment. No, not and, just wrestling. The worst thing ever watched, period, according to Logan. Yeah, and I was bummed, like, because, like, I, I'd hinted uh, that about the Magnum TA, and I was, like, you know, sad that I finally missed that. But, um, and then I listened to your solo pods that you did, like, to, you know, for more prep, and, you know... Starcade 86 is like a big fork in the road for for Crockett because, you know, uh, not getting ahead of ourselves, but, you know, obviously Magnum was going to win and then we get what happens now. And it's like, you know, part of me wonders, it's like in another universe, like is the crock and roll, like, you know, I doubt they would have taken over for Vince and taken over as number one. Like, but in, I wonder, a, like in a Crockett multiverse? Yeah, in the Crockett multiverse. Like. You know, if you watched French, they had like the like the alternate one where like instead of airplanes, it was like blimps and stuff. By the way, French is a great show. I, I have watched French. One. I agree. Um, but I, I just wonder if there's like one where Magnum T is like a six-time champion or some sort and like went back and forth between WWF and NWA. And, you know, maybe if he wins, you know, Crockett doesn't have the financial woes and has to sell to Turner. It's, a lot of what ifs. You can do yeah, what ifs. It, what it if. really is crazy. Yeah, you know, the, the interesting thing for me was in the build-up when Logan and I were doing it was how different the card would have been because you probably still would have got Jimmy Garvin taking on Brad Armstrong, but in that you probably would have got uh, the U.S. champion Nikita versus Ron Garvin instead of what we get tonight. So it definitely threw a lot of things off and threw the card in disarray. But uh, before we uh, – so that's Schiff and my next co-host, uh, Logan. Logan Crossland, how are you tonight? I'm doing great. I thought you were going to forget about me there for a minute, so I was getting No, worried, no, Schiff <laughs> wasn't on when we did it together, so I was just letting him get his Schiff out. No, so, I got gotcha. you. I appreciate it. But uh, good to be here, as always, and looking forward to talking about the show. Absolutely. So we will jump right into it. So uh, Star K 1986 uh, was on November 27th uh, for the Greensboro – two locations, uh, Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina – and the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. So there are 12 matches, I believe, on this card. Um, and before we get into it, I'm going to list off who the champions are going into it. So up first, the world champion is Ric Flair. The U.S. champion is Nikita Koloff. They'll be facing off in the main event. Your tag team champions are the Rock and Roll Express. Your U.S. tag team champions are the Russians, Chris Rakushev, and Ivan Koloff. 
Your six-man champions are the Road Warriors of Dusty Rhodes, which God knows if we'll ever see that title defended ever again. Your TV champion is Dusty Rhodes. Your Mid-Atlantic champion is Ron Garvin, even though that title's not on the line tonight, and people seem to forget he's even a champion, even though he just won it. And your junior heavyweight champion, the long-missing Denny Brown. If you, and uh, it's funny, on the next episode, um, we will have a Denny Brown match for the junior heavyweight title, but he is nowhere to be seen on this Starcade card whatsoever, which seems like an interesting uh, miss there. Um, so with the 12 matches, I'm going. To, we're going to do something a little unique here. So the first five matches... Uh, we're going to do a real lightning quick thought, star rating, move on, because this is kind of like a pre-card kind of opening thing. And a lot of these, I don't know how a lot of these even made it to the pay-per-view, because a lot of these seem like they would be on like maybe a Saturday night show or maybe even on the syndicated shows. So with that, are you guys ready to jump into this? Yes, let's do it. All right. First match, Tim Horner and Nelson Royal defeated Don and Rocky Kernodal. I put decent fast paced tag. I enjoyed it, but not needed on a big show. I went two and a half. Logan, how about you? Yeah, I went like two. I said solid opener, but nothing above basic, really. Uh, ending seemed kind of out of nowhere, but I thought they worked pretty hard, so I'll give it two. All right. Uh, Schiff, what about this match for you? Yeah, I went two as well. I had a hard time trying to figure out who was who. They didn't really specify that until about midway through the match. And how old is Nelson Royal? He looks like 90. Yeah, he looked really Everybody old. in the match looked about 70, honestly. Well, I mean, Tim Horner's Tim Horner's well, other than Horner, yeah. yeah. I will say, like, uh, for earlier episodes of Pod, I was a Kernodal fan, so it was nice to see him. Um, but, I mean, this was just like, this should have just been on Saturday night or, or, yep. or Saturday morning. It was nothing. All right, second match. Hector Guerrero and a newly turned face Baron Von Raschke defeated Shaska Watley and the Barbarian. Uh, I thought Hector was really good in this. Um, <laughs> Logan, I know this is going to be banned, but I put... Hector was doing uh, flippity doodah things at 86 NWA, like the lucha dives, like the lucha luchas do on the uh, lucha pod. Um, I thought everyone else in this match was kind of mad. I went one and a quarter on this match. Logan, what would you think on this one? Yeah, I, I went, I went about one and a quarter. I'd say that, that's probably what I would have gone on as well. Um, I thought Guerrero worked pretty hard, um, but not much from the other three. Uh, the crowd goes absolutely bananas when uh Baron Von Raschke's doing the fucking goose step. God they're damn Baron Von Raschke getting they're cheering the, the fucking goose yes. step of all things. So yeah, just uh, I thought I thought Hector worked pretty hard, but everybody else was pretty uh, worthless throughout the match. So mm, them Crockett fans like their goose steps. I don't know what that says about Crockett fans, <laughs> but we'll move on. Uh, Chip, what do you think? Yeah, I was a star in a quarter as well. Like uh, there was a part where Hector spits on Shaska when he tagged into Baron, like Logan said, and the fans just lost their mind. And I was like, all right, and then. Shaska just missed a dive and Baron hit, I guess, like the people's elbow drop for the win. Um, it, it was a rough match. Star in a quarter. I had no reason being here. The communist Agreed. people's elbow. Yes. <laughs> communist people's elbow. <laughs> All right. The next match. Uh, Braun Armstrong fought Jimmy Garvin to a 15-minute draw. I said, this does not need 15 minutes. Lots of rest holds in the last five minutes. And after the match, I thought was good, but still way too long. I only went one and a half stars. This one bored the fuck out of me. Logan, what would you think? Yeah, I only went one. It started super hot and fast, and I was real excited about it, and it got boring real quick. Um, the only other note I have on the match is uh, the ref looked like uh, Lord Farquaad and Barry Windham had a child. So, What was um, that guy's name? Uh, I forget uh, I what his name was. God, I can't with A game with an S. It was like Sparky or something like that. Sparky, yeah. Sparky, Sparky plot. No. no. <laughs> I'll look it up. Y'all y- y- keep talking. And I, I, yeah, I'll, it was Skunky. I, so- I don't know. I can't remember. I knew, I, oh, Skunky. I, I, Spunky. I, I, 
Chip, uh, why you look set up? What'd you think of this match? Um, it was bad. Like, there's no other way around it. Like, I know a lot of people, you know, who listen to this podcast uh, probably really enjoy Brad Armstrong. I've just never seen it. I know I need to probably check out his Continental Wrestling for that. But hey, Shift, don't worry. We'll have plenty of Brad Armstrong coming up in the future. That is okay. not that is not as bad as this match. Okay, good. Um, Jimmy was using a leg lock and screamed out, "He ain't going nowhere," and that's how it felt like this match was not going anywhere. Um, I, then stupid time limit draw and. I, and I got one star. It was yeah. bad. All right. So, Logan, did you find out his name? Uh, Scrappy McGowan was that his That is name, Scrappy yeah. McGowan. Add <laughs> Scrappy McGowan to the great list of uh, refs Logan hates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this, uh, this match was uh, Jennifer Smith's worst nightmare, by the way. I'm sure yeah, so bad. All right. Uh, then there's a brief uh, interview segment where Johnny Weaver, who can hardly get words out. And, like, I can't understand him half the time. But he's in the back to interview Dusty, and he tells uh, Dusty basically tells him to go fuck off, and then he doesn't want to talk. So I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, our next match is for the United States Tag Team Titles. It was Crusher Khrushchev and Ivan Koloff. Um, they no DQ Bobby, match. No DQ. Defeated Bobby Jaggers and Dutch Mantel. I put straight up brawl. Not much to it. Um, some good stiffness, and Dutch takes a pretty nice knee shot uh, being dropped on the uh, railing by Crusher. Uh, uh, Mantel actually whips Ivan off the top rope um, when he's going to jump off with the chain on Bobby, and then Dutch then whips Crusher Khrushchev with it. And then the end comes where Crusher Khrushchev takes Dutch out on the outside. He grabs the chain, and he clocks Bobby with it for Ivan to cover for the three. I thought it was an okay brawl. It wasn't great. I actually went two and a quarter because I thought there was some good stiff stuff in it, but overall, eh, man. Logan, what'd you think? Yeah, I went two and a half. I thought it was another kind of match where there wasn't anything special going on, but they had a really uh, solid energy throughout. Uh, they never really stopped. There was always something going on. So um, I enjoyed it a little bit more than the opener, but yeah, it wasn't anything above average, I'd say. Yeah, I would, you know, I think there's there's hope there for Jaggers and Mantel because they're a really good kind of like Haas team. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they don't last very long, but I think they could have done a lot more with them. Uh, Schiff, what'd you think? These Kansas Jayhawks were not... Uh, Paul Pierce and Kirk Heinrich and Mario Chalmers and um, yeah, I assume that's Joel Embiid. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, I was shocked that it was Dutch Mantel. Just blown away with that. Um, you know, it was all Jayhawks too. And what I did like was that the Jayhawks were cheating during this match. Um, and Ivan went to use the chain with Dutch whipped Ivan and Crusher. And then somehow the Russians got to win. I got to win a star in three quarters. This was a meh match for me. Yeah, it was kind of mad, but it was better than, I mean, it was the best thing we've had since the opening match. So, all right. All right. This next one, I don't think it's going to be much better. So um, it's Sam Houston uh, defeating Bill Dundee by DQ to retain the NWA Central States Heavyweight Championship, which we have not seen that belt at all. Um, That is the Central States title. And that was when Sam Houston was, uh, Sam Houston and Baby Doll were both banned to that territory because Sam married her and was railing her and Dusty got pissed off. Um, so, uh, Sam's been in the central States territory and he became a champion. Dundee has actually been in Crockett for a while, but we haven't discussed him much because he hasn't really done anything. Um, Dundee, um, obviously, uh, at the, most, most people know for his Memphis run. Um, so a lot of headlocks, drop kicks, arm drags, leg locks crowd is probably the deadest. I've heard them all night. They don't really like lighten up for anything. I put Dundee looks like a wizard of Oz extra at the liquor store. Uh, Sam took brutal. Sam took a few brutal falls to the floor. Um, Dundee took an atomic drop to the rail. There was a sloppy sunset flip spot into the ropes. Really dumb ending with Dundee hitting Houston with uh, really hitting. Basically, it was a both a double DQ. So the crowd could care less. I went at 1.75, probably the worst Houston match 
I've actually watched in the history of this podcast. Um, it was 10 minutes, but it really felt like an hour to me. Logan, what do you think? Yeah, I know on previous uh visits to this one used to back when i was a guest and not a uh, co-host mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I, i've had i've enjoyed uh, sam houston stuff so i was kind of looking forward to watching this one but yeah it kind of disappointed um i'd probably go about one and a half on it it was it was kind of slow and plotting and the dq didn't help it at the end yeah uh shift you've also been on this journey i don't think we've ever said that we've watched a bad sam houston match in in 60 some episodes or 50 some episodes I think we got our first one here. What'd you think? Yeah, it was it was real bad. Um, my first note is Sam towers over this midget. Yes. Uh, Sam throwing around this little fella. Dundee calls timeout. Uh, Dundee hit the bombs away and got a two. And I was like, Dundee just beating down this green bean because Sam Houston also looks like he's emaciated. So um, <laughs> he needs a steak. That's my term. Yeah. Um. And then Dundee was choking Sam with the ropes and hits Houston boot and gets DQ'd. And then Dundee beats down Houston after the match. I was like, this is not needed at all. All right. Yeah. So uh, pretty, pretty disappointing kind of first set. I think the best match out of all of them was the opener, which in most cases would be an opening house show match. So um, I'm hoping that the rest of the card will be great. So we are going to jump into our main watch. Uh, first match up uh, podcast favorite Wahoo McDaniel. Taking on Ravishing Recruit in an Indian uh, strap match. So Rude's first moment I made, Rude's dub porn music is really, really bad. I don't know. Oh, if, yeah. Big time. So, so bad. Uh, strap match means uh, you have to hit all four corners while the opponent is down. There's a lot of punching, a lot of kicking, choking, and some strap smacks. Strategy-wise, I kind of like it when they wrap their hands, uh, their opponent's hands together and pull them to the corners. <laughs> um, I also like Wahoo tying his legs into ropes so he couldn't be dragged. Both were ended up bleeding. The end comes when Jones jumps on the apron as Wahoo goes for the fourth turnbuckle. Wahoo chops him off the apron and root from behind, costs himself the match by nailing Wahoo, sending him to the turnbuckle for the win. They then beat up Wahoo until Hector and Baron come out for the save. Um, overall, this was not real good. I thought Rude looked really, really green, which is odd considering he was just the world-class champion. And we all know Wahoo's past his prime aside being able to chop the fuck out of people. Um, at the end, I thought the match with the way Rude lost made him look like an idiot. And this is kind of Rude's first real big stage match in Crockett. Um, I only went one and a quarter. I really didn't like this match at all. Schiff, what did you think? I liked it a little bit more than you. I went two and a quarter. Wow. Um, you know, so, so I, I just feeling it when I was watching this. I uh, just love him beating the hell out of each other with this uh, strap. Uh, Rude was actually bleeding at one point. I love, like, the false finishes with, like, they get to three and then we're done. Uh, Rude actually hit a nice knee off the top rope, which we saw a lot with the um, seven months of danger found on a no-so feed. You can go in the archives and listen to that. Um, Then, you know, I was okay with Rude beating down Wahoo after the match. Okay. And so you went, what was your star rating? Uh, Two and a quarter. Two and a quarter. Logan, what do you think? So I'm going to preface my thoughts with I absolutely hate the touch the corner strap matches, bull rope matches, whatever you want to call or them. Even a, or even a chain matches, too. Or, or any, yeah. any situation where you have to touch corners, I, I can't stand it. But I'll get into that uh, towards the end of the match. I went one and a half. I went a little bit higher than you, Sean, but not too much. Um, I love that Wahoo, the Native American, came out to like the most hard rock sounding music ever. Uh, so that so that was something uh, that yeah. happened. Um, <laughs> I'm shocked that sec- seconds in, Rude already locked in a rest hold. Uh, that I couldn't couldn't have seen that coming from a mile away. Um, I do like that Rude wrapped his uh, hand uh, the strap around his hand and started bashing uh, Wahoo's brains in in the corner mm-hmm. there for a little bit at the beginning. I like that. Um, Rude yeah, I, thought, caught- I thought strategy in this match was good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Rude getting color uh, was certainly something as well I wasn't expecting. Um, I don't think I've ever seen him bleed before. I don't think he bleeds very often. Um, he's such a manicured dude, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he bleeds uh, very often uh, that I've seen at least. Um, but uh, I, the ending is the reason I've always hated these kind of matches, bull ropes, straps, chains, whatever, um, where you touch the corners because – no matter what, and this is wrestling, and it happens in all wrestling matches I know, so call me out if you want to. But they just change the rules to fit whatever the narrative that they're mm-hmm. trying to push throughout mm-hmm. the given time in the match. So usually if you touch the corners and like an offensive move is hit on you, like that cuts it off, and you have to restart and start touching all of them again. But at the end, Rude punches him, and he falls into the corner, and that's the end, and he wins. Why? Did he not have to redo everything? You know what I mean? So it's yes. just I, I it, they fit it to however they want to. Um, but the match overall, I thought was physical enough. I really enjoyed the strikes and stuff that they all gave to each other. So it made it pretty semi enjoyable, I guess. But it also wasn't uh, instant classic or all time classic or anything like that at the same time. Yeah, we, it's, I think it's time for Wahoo to retire. But uh, although I will miss <laughs> Wahoo's chops, uh, Logan, is it safe to say you're not into bondage based on your feelings on chains and weights? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably safe. <laughs> All right. So, Shif, I assume based on your rating, you're in the chains and whips. And leather daddies. And leather daddies. All right. Moving on. Uh, the Russians do an interview about beating the Jayhawkers and pimp the Buckhouse Stampedes, which is always the uh, December events. They say they are gutting for Dusty for making Nikita a traitor. Then Ivan says Nikita is capable of beating Flair and hopes he wins so Crusher or him could take it from him. Crusher Khrushchev says if he he if he, he demands a match if Nikita wins, then they go back to the bunkhouse stampede and say they will win thousands of American dollars by beating up the Americans. So don't really know why this interview was here. There's not a lot of interviews throughout this show. I don't even know why they bothered to throw that in. Um, any thoughts on this uh, interview, uh, Schiff or Logan, before I move on? Yeah, I liked how um, they were saying how he poisoned his mind and they weren't totally going against him. I, I really liked that because they were like, it's still a win for us pretty much. Okay, Logan, anything to add there? I mean, just just to have somebody be on the show where you could hear him say, I mean, you always need that. So, All right, there's that. All right, the next match. Holy shit. Uh, so Jimmy Valiant with Big Mama. And as we brought up earlier a few episodes ago, uh, that uh, Jimmy Valiant Big Mama video of him being in the alleyway all defeated and everything. Uh, Logan, still the single worst thing you've ever watched, not just in wrestling, but ever? A hundred percent. Ever watched, ever. It'll never be beaten. It can't be. <laughs> all right. So this is a hair versus hair match uh, with Manny Fernandez locked in a cage. So as you said, Bull comes out with Jones. Big Mama comes out with Valiant. Uh, Bull is in the cage above the ring. Jones looks like uh, so. Jones looks like an overweight Freddie Mercury in the ring gear. By the way, he his <laughs> ring gear is something. Uh, Horner and Royal come out to put Bull in the cage. Then Wahoo comes out all bandaged up and beat up, and they all manage to get Bull inside the cage. Much to the crowd's delight, the crowd goes nuts for that. Uh, I like how Bull sells high. The cage is, uh, is up in the air by standing like in the cage in the middle, up in the air. It was a really good visual. Uh, Jones clocks Valiant with a foreign object after getting Valiant the whole match. What I mean by Valiant is Valiant just runs around and claps his hands and hits him with thumbs and shit. That's what I call Valianting. Um, Valiant is bleeding, shockingly, and then Valiant comes back like the coke addict he is. He shoves Jones into the turnbuckle, and the object flies out of Jones' hands. Valiant clocks Jones with it for the three. The crowd goes absolutely ape shit. I still don't get it. Uh, Jones ends up getting his hair cut. 
Bull comes out of the cage, and Valiant just stands there like an idiot as Ball, Bull pounces on him. Like, literally, Valiant looks right at him and stands there, and Bull beats the shit out of him. And then Rude comes out. They do the flying burrito, um, that maneuver, which, by the way, is the real name, why Rude holds Valiant up. Um, and then they do a lifting DDT to the chair, which I thought was really good. Um, and then and all the faces weren't there during all this, but then they come out after the fact. Uh, this match was total and utter butt. I went half star. Uh, Logan, what'd you think? <laughs> I went uh, half star as well. Um, the prelim match between uh, Manny Fernandez and, uh, and the locker room and the locker room Hamburg was a hell of, <laughs> hell of about uh, that they were going at it pretty hard. Um, but I love that they have to get the other faces out there to kind of gang up Manny to get him in the cage. Um, Kind of what you were alluding to. I never got why the crowd loves Valiant so much. He's such a talentless hack. He's so uh, I love Earl just blatantly letting Valiant cheat right in front of him. He he constantly uses like underhand or you know foreign objects, underhanded tactics, and stuff like that. Um, and and then I almost don't even know how to rate this match because the match wasn't really good at all. It was terrible, pretty much. I mean, we uh, should crowd- probably just go dud, but I don't know why <laughs> I would have. Yeah, but the crowd was fired up, and it uh, pays off months slash years of year-long story. So it does something, I guess. But I also love the double team by Rude and Manning afterwards. So, but yeah, I went half star because the crowd was pretty involved, and it paid off a really long story. So, all right, Schiff, what about you? This sucked. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, there's no other way around it. Um. My highlight was when Manny wouldn't go into the cage and all the baby faces beat him down until, like, Manny is literally chopped in the cage by Wahoo. I thought that was pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that match started, and Jimmy, like you said, was valenting and was just, like, punching and everything. It was bad. Uh, Sleeper hold on Jones, and then, you know, the whole head shaving. Are we going to talk about afterwards? We already did. So. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's that how bad that it was. That means the Mucinex is hurting your thought process, I guess. <laughs> um, I will say Valiant did sell like he was completely dead from from Manny and Rude beating him down. So hopefully, like, we never see him ever again. And I even how I said how he was screaming for Big Mama. But, <laughs> yeah, um, double DDT on the chair was pretty dope in 1986. So, mm-hmm. What'd you rate it? A half a star. All right, so all three of us half a star. So uh, not the single worst thing we've ever watched, but boy, is this bad. All right, so then we go to the Starcade Control Center with some random dude named Bob Taylor, who I've never heard of any of. Fucking wasted time right so, now. If I was watching this shit live, uh, I would have been seated. It was so bad. So he pips the Buckhouse Stampede, and then we go to Nelson Royal um, on his ranch, drinking by the fire, and it's coffee. And he, and he says he comes from a bunch of men living together in a bunkhouse. Um, that didn't get along. So when they wanted to do this, they went outside to beat each other up when they disagreed. And then you see video of prior stampedes from 1985. So in theory, I guess the concept of the battle royal and you could get a lot of blood and they beat each other up. It's kind of cool, but they never really bring it to TV. It's more for the house shows. And um, Nelson Royal, as the old school rancher, drinking his fucking coffee, in 19 like or the 1880s West. This was something. Chip, felt I like it was a weird this. Folgers commercial. Yeah. yeah, I know you hated this, but go ahead. I know. So what did you want to say about this? Whole it segment? was just so bad. Like, I get it. Like, oh, you're like, oh, you know, this is what you're doing. And we're trying to pop house show business. But it's so bad. And then, spoiler alert, we will see it on a pay-per-view, which, another spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure it's won by Dusty. Hey, and- hey, Schiff, we have a whole year of stuff to get through before that. 
Yeah, and also, like, it's, like, one of the things, reasons why, I mean, it does use some storyline stuff, because it's one of the reasons why uh, Luger why leaves the yeah. horsemen. So, yeah. I just felt this, like, biggest show of the year. Put this on the syndicated shows. Like, I don't need to see this. It's ridiculous. Literally, what Sean's talking about now, 30 minutes is taken up with explaining the stampede and then the next thing. It's well, like, not, oh, yeah, so the next thing, I'll just throw it out there. There's an intermission, and then they pit the Crockett Cup 87 coming to Baltimore. So I'll just add that. Go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. Yeah, after, you know, we sent people, we sent Dr. G and Callum out to uh, go to other places for Crockett Cup. The best that, best that Crockett can do is Baltimore. So... <laughs> Just hey, just don't knock the ball. Don't, don't knock that Baltimore shift. It ain't far from me. I can knock it all I want. They suck. You can't. Baltimore is a di- is a is a dumpster fire. Uh, Logan, any thought? Cakes, I will say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Logan, any thought on this dumpster fire of a of a whatever it was? <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed uh, John Dutton Royal there. So uh... ah, it is very Yellowstone. <laughs> It's like the, uh, it's like all the but, men at the Yellowstone and ranch hands just go out and beat the fuck out of each that, other. And yeah, was, and that's all train. I thought the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean it was it was dumb and a gigantic waste of time. I honestly skipped most of it. I didn't really pay attention to what he said. Um, but yeah, the, the the Yellowstone comparison is the first thing that popped in my head when he was sitting around the campfire talking. Yellow butt. Buckhouses hey, and stuff. Hey, hey Logan, have you become a big fan of the Sean Ten Second remote control thing? Because I, it, it's very very good. This would have been one of those to use it on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big 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 fan of that one. Mm-hmm. All right, good. All right, so our next match. So, you know, in most circles, this next match I'm talking about. Um, doesn't get really well reviewed because they kind of threw it away. They kind of threw it together last minute uh, just because, you know, like I said earlier, Garvin was supposed to take on Nikita Koloff for the U.S. title. Then they had to restack the card and they had to get Bubba in. Like they had to get this match like set up like really quick. And it was really set up just by Bubba pretty much just attacking Garvin from behind. So this is big Bubba Rogers uh, taking on Ron Garvin in the street fight. Um, I really like Bubba's secure agent man theme. So that's a really good dub theme for Bubba. That's one I don't hate. Um, I thought it was very menacing. Bubba dressed per norm. Uh, he doesn't really get dressed up in bunkhouse gear at all. And Garvin dressed like he's in a bunkhouse stampede. Garvin is the mid-Atlantic champion, but his title is not on the line here, nor do they even mention the fact that he has his title. Um, I did enjoy Garvin pot-shotting Bubba a few times and throwing a drink in his face and unloading on him. Um, I literally could watch Garvin punch bitches all day. And yes, I know I'm a Ron Garvin, Mark. That is very well known if you listen to this podcast. Garvin gets busted open after being hit with a roll of nickels. Bubba kicked his ass, but Garvin keeps getting up before the 10 count. Garvin bites and punches Bubba. Bubba gets a bear hug. Then Garvin's blood is on uh, Garvin's blood on Bubba uh, is pretty great, I think. And then Garvin with headbutts to escape the bear hug I thought was awesome. Garvin slugs Bubba over the top rope. Then Garvin just continues to stiff fuck Bubba nonstop. Bubba gets tossed off the top rope. Garvin gets thrown on top of Tommy when Bubba kicks out a two because Tommy Young is butt. Uh, Garvin with a nice visual pile driver on Bubba. That was a really, like, really cool looking pile driver. At the same time, Cornette loads up his racket and clivers Garvin with his with it while he's on the ropes. The ref up, counts 10 down on both, and then he says the first man up uh, at this point wins the match. Tommy pushes Cornette out of the ring and then Crab loves it. But then Garvin's up, but Tommy is um, held by Bubba so he doesn't see Ron up. And Cornette slips his knees, uh, clips his knees from outside and Garvin goes down. And then Bubba is up and declared the winner, even though Garvin was up first. I put Tommy Young can eat a dick. He fucking sucks. Crowd is pissed. Big win for Bubba here over top guy. I actually thought this match was really, really good. I went three stars on this. I really like this. Logan, what would you think? 
Yeah, I, I went three stars as well. I really like, really enjoyed it as well. Um, Garvin did a great job early, kind of keeping his distance, jabbing anytime he could get close. Um, I love Garvin realizing that he's going to uh, have to do some underhanded things to kind of come out on top in this one. Uh, he kind of does some stuff that a normal face probably wouldn't, but he knows he has to do it because he's facing such a bigger guy. Um, uh, the the pile driver scared the shit out of me that he hit because he was that sick? That was sick. Oh yeah, I was like, good. Yeah. I, I said, good God, that was that. It Garvin's like me. so small compared to Bubba, but <laughs> visually it was disgusting. It, and basically all he was holding him by was this damn belt. So I was it's like, so oh, good. shit, this is going to so end, end, end poorly. Um, I loved that at one point, uh, this is probably the only good thing Tommy Young ever did, but he pushes the absolute shit out of Cornette. I, I really popped for that one. Um, I really enjoyed this match as a whole. Um, Garvin looks like an absolute badass, uh, but shows how cunning and uh, good a manager Cornette is by – Seemingly cutting his knees out from under him every time he seemed to get on top. So, uh, big win for Bubba, but really good match for uh, Garvin. So, what was your rating? Uh, I went three with you. Okay. Shift, how about you? I don't like how we're all uh, feeling the same. I went three as well. Um, by I love the way, you, Gar- know most, you know, most circles give this maybe two and a half tops. A lot of people don't like well, this match. I don't get it. Most circles are wrong. Yeah. Um, PWL. I love how Garvin. With there you go, um, Garvin. I love how Garvin is dressed with jeans and has knee pads on. The knee pads just took me out. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like he's gonna go sanding or something on the floor. Yeah, yeah. like you know, I was just like, oh, well, I guess he really is blue collar, you know, because he said he was a truck driver on those horrible promos we had we had to watch before. Um, but I love how they were doing a good job of protecting Bubba and showing how lethal Ronnie was. With like he would like knock Bubba off his feet with a punch, but he wouldn't knock him all the way off the feet. He would just knock him to the outside and would be pissed. I noticed Bill After was at ringside. That was nice. Um, I loved how you said Sean how Ronnie threw a drink in Bubba's face and used it to beat the shit out of him. Yes. Um, they these guys were pretty brutal. Like you know Bubba hitting with a ro- roll of quarters, and then Ronnie pulled out rope from his shoe and started choking him with it, mm-hmm. and then was biting Bubba's head. It was it was awesome. Um, the pile driver was really nice, and then Cornette hitting uh, Ronnie with the racket, worth the size Tommy Young. But um, you know, I was a little upset that when Garvin got up, Cornette hit him again, which is what you want. Like you want to be angry, and Bubba wins. Uh, I went three stars. I really, I really enjoyed this yeah. match. Yeah, this was a big upset, by the way, because Garvin is oh, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, big, big upset here. So really big win for uh, Bubba and. I still don't understand how uh, Tommy Young was ever multi-time ref of the year. He's the single worst referee I think I've ever watched <laughs> in my life. So, uh, so but bad. This was one of Bubba's like first real big matches too, right? It was. Yes. This is like one of his, like he's been in six mans, but this is like his first real big singles match. Um, and then he, and then he, and then he's really dominant. And I mean, spoiler alert, because we're not going to see any of them as we get into the bunkhouse stampedes, him and dusty are in the finals. So he, they were really building them up for Dusty is what they did. So they did it at the expense of Garvin to move him on. But mm-hmm. all right, our next match, um, Tolly Blanchard taking on Dusty Rhodes in a first blood match to win the – I'm sorry. Oh, I spoil it. Two for the NWA World TV title. So spoiler <laughs> alert there. Sorry about that. Uh, so Dusty comes out with his side of his head shaved uh, and he – with the side of his head saying Tolly on it. Uh, and it's like some really badass like roadhouse dub music he's coming out to. Um, I thought it was really good. Um, and like I said, he has Tolly written on the side of his head. Um, you know, I know Arn held the TV title for a while, but I really, for me personally, as a Crockett fan, it has always been really the Tolly and Dusty title. 
Um, and that's how I remembered it when I was a kid. Uh, JJ, uh, this so this is great. This whole psychology and start of this match is really good. So JJ puts headgear on Tully, and Dusty and the crowd tell Dylan and Tully to fuck off. The headpiece is removed. Now JJ puts um, he puts like grease on Tully's face, and Johnny Weaver tells us how boxers do this to not bleed, which is great. Then the referee rubs the grease off with the towel. Dylan gets in Dusty's face and gets knocked on his ass. Um, there's so much theater and psychology to start this match. Dusty then stomps and stomps on JJ's head, and JJ immediately starts bleeding just before the match even starts. Tully spends a lot of time trying to keep his face um, from getting hit at the start of the match so he couldn't bleed, which I thought, as Dusty keeps trying to tease his elbow. But I do like both of them selling, uh, being a, like they're selling, be, avoiding being hit, which is, I think, a really, really good. Uh, Dusty finally hits a headbutt. He hurts both of them, and then Dusty hits an elbow on the head, but there's no blood. Uh, JJ is an absolute freaking disaster of a bloody mess outside. Like he is just like all like bloods everywhere. Uh, the rough goes down in the corner and he gets stuck between Dusty and Tully. JJ hands Tully a shoe, but Dusty grabs Tully and rams him into the corner. Then he suplexes Tully into the ref as the rest try to get up. I think this is uh, this is scrappy in this. I think this one, right? This isn't Tommy. It's scrappy this time, right, Logan? Or do I think you remember? So. I think yeah, so. yeah, scrappy do. Yeah, it's scrap so. it's scrappy doing this. So Dusty clobbers Tully with the elbow. Then punches the shit out of his head after throwing a shoe out to the crowd. He didn't even use the shoe. And then Tully's bleeding, but the ref is down. Dusty keeps beating on Tully, but JJ grabs Vaseline and wipes blood off of Tully. Tully gets a roll of coins and clobbers Dusty, and Dusty's busted wide open, laying next to the ref as the ref gets up, who sees the blood. Um, in the corner, JJ's rapidly using a towel to wipe the blood off Tully. The ref declares Tully the winner because Dusty is bleeding and Tully's not. Dusty flips out, and so does the crowd. Um, you know, here's the thing. Many shit on this match, and I get why, because there's a lot of theater, but there's a lot of strategy. I thought it was creative the way they tried to do the blood spots and not bleed, and I thought the strategy, just being avoided being hit, was really good. It was a very dusty ending. Um, that does hurt it, but I will tell you guys I was very entertained. I went two and a half, and that's probably a lot higher than most people should go, but I was highly entertained by this match. Ship, what would you think? Uh, I went three stars. I really enjoyed this. I'm not, I'm not gonna shit. I'm not gonna shit on you for that. I'm not. Strangely enough, like the psychology was great. Uh, like you said, like the putting the Vaseline on him, and then like, and then he put the headgear on him, and I was just losing it. And they did a good job of Dusty hitting the elbow on JJ and him bleeding to show like if Dusty gets a hold with that elbow, mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna fuck him up. Um, and I, I liked how they were both not letting he, each other hit hit each other in the face. Reminded me of that. Uh, match between Martel and Shawn Michaels where they agreed not to hit each other in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can't remember the show, but you guys know what Summer I'm talking about. Summer yeah, thank you. But um, but pay per view, by the way. <laughs> all right. Um, I don't know how to pivot. Um, and I love when Dust Dusty got the elbow ready and Tully would like cover up and um, Tully covering up when Dusty hits him, which I really enjoyed. And then Dusty, like, killed Tully with a hammer punch. It was like uh, if you've ever watched UFC and what Brock win to win the title where he was just hammer punching old boy. That's pretty much what happened there. And I loved how, like, uh, Tully was actually bleeding, but, like, JJ wiped the blood off and put the Vaseline on him to stop the bleeding. And Dusty just happens to fall right where the ref is because the ref got knocked down and he sees Dusty bleeding and he called for the bill. I thought it was, I thought it was genius. Um, and I love that Dusty was pissed off afterwards. Like I went three stars. I thought it was awesome. 
Yeah, Logan, I'm I'm aligned with Schiff. I thought the strategy, the ending, the booking, I, I just think this is probably one of the most creative first blood kind of situations I've ever seen. A lot of theater, uh, but just I I thoroughly enjoyed this. So what do you think? I think they got I think they got a little too creative. You are the true thief of joy. But uh, th- there was a little too much stalling, a little too much flailing at punches and not really hitting the, the big punch at any point until the very end. Uh, Earl was the referee in this one, by the way, because uh, my first comment is I love that Earl immediately calls Tully out on his bullshit for trying to cheat right off the bat with headgear and the Vaseline. I also love that it took one elbow to bust J.J. open, just immediately a gusher. Um Dusty Rhodes has a birthmark on his tummy uh, that Mr. Souza has turned into the Quado. Uh, yeah, that is correct. Recall. So I said the Dusty Quado is extra protrusive tonight. It was very, very much noticeable in this match. Um, crowd super invested in this one because it's Dusty. Um, but I just didn't feel like this had a ton going on. There's a, Like I said, there's a ton of stalling, uh, a lot of flailing around, not hitting a lot of punches, a lot of uh, cowering away. I think he did that. I think Tully did that at quite a or too, too many times. Um, and of course, Dusty books himself into a screwy finish like he always does. So um, I went to uh, not that much lower than you, but I did not enjoy it as much as you guys did. Oh, yeah, I just don't. I, Logan, serious. I mean, OK, well, I guess I'll go with it. I don't agree with it. Listen, in your most most circles go with your opinion that this match isn't that great. But Schiff, you and I agree. I even rewatched it, too. I watched it twice. So I was making sure I did like it better the second time. So I actually had it lower before. What did you have it the first time? I'm pretty sure I had it at one because I hated it. The My first time. goodness. Wow. OK. All right. So our next match. Okay, so this is what the Night of the Skywalkers, this is what the whole pay-per-view has really been built, built around, uh, the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express, uh, with Jim Cornette. So Jim Cornette and Bubba Rogers are out with the Express, and then Paul Ellering is out with the Road Warriors. So the War- Warriors are out, and they go straight to the top of the scaffold immediately. The Midnight Express take forever to get up there to the top, selling they, they are very intimidated. Warriors waste no time starting to kick their ass. Uh, there's the Cornette throws... Uh, the Cornette, I think they, they throw, I'm sorry, Codry throws powder in Hawk's face. Then Bobby does the same thing to Animal. Bobby is hanging by one hand and Animal's leg from the bottom of scaffold. So he's literally holding Animal's leg and he's holding the other part of the scaffold with one hand, um, which I thought was a really impressive visual. Um, there's only so much you can do on the scaffold besides beat up and punch. Uh, Dennis and Hawk crawl below scaffold fighting. Uh, Dennis is bleeding. Bobby and Animal then crawl below the scaffold and Bobby starts monkey barring across to escape. All four are dangling from the rug runs. And by the way, uh, the Midnight Express, not the most in shape guys. So the fact that they're even being able to hang on to the rung for me was pretty impressive. Yep. Uh, Dennis Dennis uh, is kicked and crashes to the mat. Then Bobby and, the, and, and then they kick Bobby and the Warriors win. Again, really impressed that Bobby and Dennis could do the dangling spot. And Bobby uh, monkey barring across like a madman was also uh, pretty impressive. The crashes of the mat were cool to see from that height. Um, Ellering is chasing Cornette and then um, Cornette climbs the scaffold but runs into Animal and then Ellering climbs up from the other side and they trap Jim in the middle <clears throat> Jim Jim climbs down and then he dangles for a minute and then Bubba is below him but Jim falls and immediately he's writhing in pain uh, Bubba was supposed to catch him and he did it and Cornette just like hits the mat so hard um, and, and, and he actually what happened was he broke broken bone in his knee here and like, and uh, the crowd is just losing it. Uh, Jim is screaming, carry me, Bubba, carry me, as he's being carried back. Whining was fantastic. Um, I don't care what anyone says. The spectacle and the spots they did with limited options and Jim taking that bump was great. I actually went three stars on this. I was so entertained. 
Um, on last note on this, uh, on the damage to Jim Cornette's knee, according to him, it filled a whole bedpan of fluid and blood when they drained it. So his knee was really fucked up after this. Logan, I'll go to you first. Um, yeah, I, I didn't go quite as high as you did, but I, I, I did make the note that I do think this is the best scaffold match they ever had. Um, from what I've watched, of course. Um, but I, I think this is definitely the best one they've ever done. Uh, I went, I went two stars on it. I did not realize this, this was a match where, uh, we got the classic cornet soundbite of it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause he said he, he goes through a whole little thing and he finishes with that. But, um, such a stupid match concept and so unnecessarily dangerous. For They're the like, how does someone it. not die in this match? Uh, right? yeah, I was going to say the fact that nobody, Nobody get killed doing one of these throughout the years is uh, pretty amazing. Um, the concept really only allows it to be so good. But like I said, I got to think this is probably the best one they ever did. I do love the monkey bar finish. I do think it's incredibly impressive that all of the guys, honestly, I know the Red Warriors are big and strong, but they're still big motherfuckers. I still a lot of weight to hold up uh, for that long. Well, especially um, the Midnight Express. And the they, both look yeah. like, they both look like they hang out at the bar every night with yeah. old fat bellies. And it's just like, Jesus, especially Condry. Like, yeah. I don't know how Condry did it. It was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Cornette falling and absolutely shattering his leg is probably one of the funniest things uh, <laughs> in wrestling history. So, But, yeah, I went two stars on it. Terrible match concept, but I think they did the best they possibly could with it. All right, Chef, what would you think? I well, hate, you hated it, right? I did hate it. Yeah. Uh, I as much as I loved the last match with psychology, I just couldn't get into this match at all. Uh, I, it was a whore awful, uh, to steal your term, Sean. Horrendous. Um, horrendous. Horrendous. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the best part was when Condry was wanting to climb down at the start and then Jim's saying you have to, the scaffold looks like it was, it was rickety as fuck. Like Klondike build did not do a good job putting this together. Uh, just not much happening. This match should have went like five minutes. Felt like it went 15. Um, them doing the monkey bars, which was fine, I guess, when you're six, four or five years old. Just god awful now. Jesus um, Christ. See, Chip, I am surprised you hate the match this much because I figured this would have been right up your alley. Like, I'm me stuck, too. But yeah, I'm it, really stunned by this. It did not speak to me. I did not feel it at all. Uh, I feel like this is a total waste of not only the Midnight Express, but the Road Warriors. But, you know, if they had a straight match, I don't think it would be that good either because the Road Warriors really aren't that good. Um, besides, like, squashing I folks. I don't disagree with you on that either. Besides squashing folks. So I went half a star on this. <laughs> wow. It was it was god-awful. Um, and the only thing, like I said, that made it good for me was, con- was like, Jim – Saying, Dennis, you have to go back up, buddy. Uh, <laughs> that that was it. And, you know, Cornette blowing out his knees. Wish he would have landed on his head. Oh, wow. All right. So uh, a lot of different opinions on this match. I think for me, the last two matches, and again, they're not great matches per se. I just think the entertainment and spectacle part of it, you kind of have to go back and watch these matches just for that. That's my opinion. But um, I respect your guys' opinion on both the, both those matches. All right. So we go back to the control center uh, where they pit the Great American Bash. Uh, and then they, they really they, they talk about all the big events that run throughout the year on Crockett. So I guess it's like if you get if you're just watching this show for the first time, they want to make sure you get in all these other shows that Crockett does. Um, and then they do the credits uh, of those uh, bringing Starcade to you, including Virgil Reynolds as a senior producer who in 1986 nobody knew was Dusty. 
The one that I really popped it was Doug Dillinger on cameras, guys. Did you catch that? No, I missed yeah. that. Yeah, so head of security, Doug Dillinger, was uh, the main camera guy for this show. He was in charge of the cameraman. That was, he was in the credits. So I thought that was a fun little nugget. All right, our next match for the World Tag Team titles. It is in a steel cage. It is Ole and Arn Anderson versus the Rock and Roll Express. Um, this one has really been building since the bash. They've had some really great bangers that we've talked about on this show. So I was really looking forward to this one. And they waste no time going at it. Robert throws the back of our head into the cage numerous times to start. Rock and roll just go all out and flurries to avoid being taken down by the Andersons as they know if they get taken down there in a, he- uh, a heap of trouble on the ground and pound. Um, I really love the contrast of these two teams, old school wrestlers versus at the time, the different kind of F-tempo rock and roll. Arn gets Robert to the top rope and starts ramming his leg into the top of the cage. Andersons do what they do best at that part and just pick Robert's leg apart. Uh, this is just like old school textbook Andersons at their best. And Robert's selling to the limb work is absolutely great. Robert finally gets a hot tag off an Inseguri, but Anderson's immediately, t- I mean, there is no flurry here. Morton immediately gets taken down, and they just beat the shit out of him, including throwing him into the cage multiple times. Morton is bleeding. Anderson's pick apart or Morton's um, injured arm. And again, I can't say enough about how great the Anderson's double teaming is here. Again, textbook. Um, the same on the faces as because they're really good at fight to escape, but then they keep getting cut off um, while Morton takes a shit kicking. The Rock and Roll Express never get advantage back. And the win comes out of nowhere with Ole picking up Morton for a slam and Robert drop kicking Morton's back and Morton falling on top of Ole for the three. The rock and rolls like really, they like run out of the cage fast and they don't get the hell beat out of him even more. Uh, guys, this match was so great. The Andersons, you know, this was the total Anderson show the whole match. I think they dominated the match, what, 98% of the time. The Rock and Roll Express maybe had five minutes um, that they actually did anything. But um, damn shame the Andersons ever got a title run. Great psychology. And for me, um, MVP heel favor. I mean, this is just awesome. Uh, this match should be studied, I think. So I went four and a half stars on this. Probably one of the best tag team matches or best matches I've watched in the history of this podcast. Shift, I'll go to you first. As much as I hated the last match, I'm over the moon with this match. Fuck, it's so good. <laughs> I was like, spoiler, I couldn't sleep one night, so I watched these two matches back to back. I can't watch all the stuff in one sitting. Yep. Props for Logan and Sean for doing this. Yeah, they're great. After he calls me a bitch, I guess I'll go fuck myself. Um, the Andersons are just on another level here. Um, Ricky just is pulverized. The, pulverized. What, what, you know, and Rick Flair talks about in his book and that 10 hour shoot interview that I have from High Spots that he did after he retired the first time. He talks about how Ricky could have been great, could have been a star, compared him to Shawn Michaels, but he never wanted to leave Robert. You see it in this match here. Like, Also, you can hear how the teeny boppers screaming, so Rick was right, because it's just a bunch of teeny boppers with their training bras, like he talked about earlier this year. Um, I, I love the Andersons just beating him down. They worked over his arm um, so many times. Like, Ole put an arm bar on Ricky, then arm tags in, and he slams him on the arm, which I think is beautiful. Um and then, like, you know, a little back and forth there. Then Ole hits a shoulder breaker on Ricky's arm. Um, but, you know, Ricky tries to do the tag, but they stop him. It, it was just amazing. A picture-perfect spine buster from, from Arn to Ricky, but Robert saved. And, like, every time he's being cut off from everything. Like, Ro- Robert had the easiest job. Like, he was barely in this match, but what he did was amazing. Um, Ricky got the inside cradle, and, like, this started to – this is the beginning of the end right here. And all four were fighting. Ole picks up Ricky to slam him. Robert just drop kicks him, and Ricky was able to fall on him. 
I, I was I was amazing. Uh, I went four and three quarters. Uh, I, I it was damn near perfect to me. Yep, I agree. And and Andersons are so fucking good. Uh, Logan, what do you think? I hate it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, there's no way. There's no way no, you I'm can hate this playing. match. I'm no just... way. Um, I, I did go lower than y'all. I went four still. Um, I, I probably could have gone higher, but uh, that's just what I settled on. Um, I love that Oli is such just a brutish heel. He just absolutely is an asshole at the beginning of this match, and I love it so much. I don't um, think he's acting too much. No, I know. I'm just no, I, he's historically uh, an asshole in real life. Oh, I, I know. I, I love it. I love that he's just a bully and just beats people around however he wants but um i have aspirations to be like him <laughs> I, I i he he's like You're my idol <laughs> he's like my, he's like my idol <laughs> jesus um i love it towards the beginning gibson uh runs Ar- arn's head into the cage i thought that was awesome uh bust him open uh pretty quickly um the pace cut and the energy in this one is just unreal um, real good job by Ole and Arn constantly tagging and beating the shit out of uh, Gibson and his leg throughout the beginning of the match. Um, Ricky gets the hot tag, starts teeing off for a little bit, but quickly pretty much gets reversed and slammed into the cage, and he starts bleeding. Uh, Arn grinding Ricky's face into the cage was awesome. Love that. My favorite thing in these uh, Anderson ta- or, uh, cage matches we've watched recently is that no matter when – uh, no matter which heel is in the ring, if the other one is struggling, the other one just comes in at any point and they just switch out without out tagging. So like arms in like an arm bar, but Oli just decides I'm going to go in and he just knock, starts knocking the shit out of him. And then Arn just goes out of the ring with no tag at all. Horrible refereeing there. But uh, I just I just love that so much. Um, I love Arn selling the punches towards the end of the match because kind of the flailing like he's uh kind of disoriented um he just takes one and starts swinging and missing uh, trying to get him back um i thought it was very fitting for morton to get the pin since he spent about 90 percent of the match getting his uh, ass beat and get beat for pillar to post so i really liked it uh but yeah four stars really good stuff yeah good yeah so i would say if you have never seen this match and you want to watch this great textbook heel versus face tag team work uh, this is just, you know, it's hot, like you don't typically see matches where the faces get dominated for literally 98% and then they just squeak out the win. Usually it's got a fairly good balance. This is just fucking fantastic. All right. So here we are. We're up to our main event. Uh, so it is NWA World Champion Ric Flair defending against United States Heavyweight Champion Nikita Koloff. Um, this was supposed to be obviously Magnum TA, but this is the main event they booked last minute. So probably about the best main event you could possibly get uh, based on the circumstances. So Flair comes out to the ring. And as we wait for Nikita, we get that infamous uh, Magnum Beach video running to his mama. Uh, this kind of hits harder than it did in 85 the first time I saw it because T.A. is no longer a wrestler, obviously, and he's supposed to be here. Uh, really an awful thing. Yeah, he can't pro- run anymore. Yeah. Oof, yeah. Uh, so that's going to lead into my next really an <laughs> awful thing. And one of the biggest tragedies of what ifs in wrestling, like we have talked about earlier, and Logan just took a totally emotional moment. I was like, shit, I said it if I didn't. Yeah. Um, the music of the video kills me because I cannot get that lyric. Like, the song is called uh, Like a Box That Was Always Empty, and it's by a guy named um, Matt Santry. So it's just it's a dub, and I'm trying to figure out what Madeline's mom and her box is always empty actually means. Any thought on that, you guys? <laughs> no comment. Yeah. 
He's shift though. Okay, so you're gonna no sell the buy her box is always empty comment. Uh, it was just a weird video, man. Like it's, the, the video, like, the song doesn't. And by the way, so I, I gotta thank our fellow podcaster Tim Kappel. D Tim uh, Kappel. Yeah, because D Tim Kappel uh, discovered that "Wing Beneath Our Wings" was the actual song that they replaced in this dud video, um, which I don't think any of us ever would imagine. But this video is just fucking something. But anyway, the end of the video um, ends with T.A. screaming in victory and his arms rage, raised in a cage. So I assume it was from the uh, Starcade match with Tully. But it ends with him, like, cheering. And it's just – it actually hit me It hit me in the heart, man. Uh, it kind of destroyed me a little bit. Shif, how about you? Because I know the whole Magnum T.A. thing hits you pretty hard. Yeah, it was really heartbreaking. Like, you know, kind of made me sad, like, to see this because obviously there was some hope, like, you know – that he would be able to come back and you know, that's sadly not the case. We will see him um in on I don't I'm not sure when it is, but we do see him again, but it's just like it's you you'll see him re- he, re- he returns a Crockett Cup, but he is not he's just sadly a shell of himself. Um Correct. it's just weird. Like I know like I don't think he was married to anyone at the time, but it was like could we not done like this weird Maybe it's because we're cynical dickheads. It's like, can we not do this weird, um, weird uh, one with his mom? Um, it, you know, we could have done something, something else. Just have him do like adopted a puppy or something, or this weird <laughs> video with his shorts, his nuts are hanging out. Maybe not showing him doing like, the thing like, that he can't do. Yeah, anymore. yeah. And his nuts like, yeah, hanging out of yeah, his shorts. It, it, you know what? I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So he's in, he's in a wreck. He's paralyzed. Hey, you know what? Let's bring up that old video from 1985 of him running on the beach. I'm sure that makes him feel great. Yeah. It's like, hey, you want to go, you know, go ride a bike or something? The, like, sad, the sadness in your voice right now reminds me of how sad you were when Buck Rogers had the fat surgery. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, 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 you know what? It's sort of the same. And guess what? That destroyed that podcast. And hopefully that's not happening. No, no, you. no. You can't let it destroy you. That one. That one. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that hits you emotionally cracks me up, Shif. I'm sorry. I, I I know I'm I'm a weird person. Yeah, so. this one definitely. So Buck Rogers having fat surgery and Magnum TA. That's because he didn't have anyone there, but but, <laughs> but Twiggy. <laughs> and it kind of broke my heart hey, that at this least man Magnum, just... Ma- Magnum had his mama. Yeah. All right, Logan. Any thoughts? Any any thoughts up to this point before I start the match? <laughs> Uh, no, I feel I, we talked about it on the last show. I feel terrible for T.A. It, you know, he obviously never gets to wrestle again. Uh, he doesn't get to do the thing he loves. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I was mostly just being a dick earlier when I said what I said. Oh, like, I know. It, it's like, yeah, you're like he just recently is paralyzed, but you're going to show him running like that's not going to make him feel better. And it's just going to make everybody feel sadder for him because he like can't do that right now. So it's just. Uh, I, I don't know. Probably poor times, but um, I get what they were trying to go for. But yeah, just it's just, yeah, they were trying to pay a tribute, and it kind of yeah. it kind of fell a little weird. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just a weird video to begin with because it's really sexualized and it wasn't supposed to be. And I, I don't know, but yeah, just weird stuff. All right, so big deal match here: champion versus champion. And honestly, I kind of think it's a spot that Keita's not really ready for, at least in Starcane environment, because he's still. Not the best. I I feel like Nikita, if he were in the WWF at this time, you would have been fine because that's what they did. They had monster guys going against Hogan. But in the main event of Starcade with Flair, I don't know, man. It seemed weird. So 
this match is about what you would expect. A lot of the key to power moves, bear hugs, Flair taking bumps and screaming, oh my God, a lot. Uh, Flair hits a nice suplex that Nikita no sells. Nikita hits, uh, he hits a, uh, like he hits a sickle and then dump, uh, then he's dumped over the top rope. Um, I also think you kind of get the best of Flair working a big man style, attacking Nikita's leg and cheating. Nikita gets busted open. Um, everyone bleeds on this show, man. I, I think I nicknamed it, uh, when we did Starcade 85, I nicknamed it Starblade because everybody bleeds on these shows. Um, <laughs> Flair is then bleeding too. Um, and then you could actually, if you look at the camera, you actually catch Flair bleeding, bleeding on the floor. Uh, fucking Tommy Young takes another bump through the rope on a Nikita shoulder block. Uh, Nikita hits the sickle hard to Flair, and there's no ref. Another ref comes out. Nikita sickles him when Flair ducks. Uh, Nikita pushes Tommy down as Nikita chokes Flair. Uh, Nikita and Flair keep fighting. Then the bell rings. Other wrestlers in, and Nikita clotheslines all of them. Then uh, Bubba comes out. Garvin and Dundee come in, um, and they hold Nikita down while uh, Flair beats on him. Then the Jayhawks and Houston come out, um, and then to help pull everyone apart. So we get a double DQ uh, match. Wasn't awful, but definitely was missing something. Uh, the TA loss is obvious, and it hurts. And the crowd is pretty much over <coughs> for this whole main event. Uh, probably no fault, as they had to book it on the fly, and they really didn't have a way out of it. Um, I'm really not sure what else they could have done. I only went two and a quarter stars on this match. I really, really, I don't know, just felt weird to me, and I didn't like it. Logan, what would you think? Um, I, I liked it a little bit more than you did. I, I went three on it. Um before the match, there was this lady, this old broad. You could tell she was old just by her voice. But throughout the whole match, she just goes, let's go, Rick. Let's go, Rick. And she <laughs> says it over and over again. I, I said she was trying to be uh, Flair's rat for the night, so he, he would take her to the hotel after after the show. Um, <laughs> but uh, Flair was trying his best to get, uh, get one over on uh, Nikita early, uh, but Nikita's power was just too much. Uh, Nikita spends a lot of the early part of the match just kind of throwing uh, Flair around. Uh, the bear hug pin has to be one of the stupidest spots in wrestling history. I hate it so much. Um, uh, Flair uh, hits a delayed vertical on Nikita, and Nikita is a big motherfucker, so that was a really impressive uh, spot by Flair there. I really thought that was awesome. Um, Nikita catches uh, Flair coming off the ropes. Uh, and then takes him down with a choke, which I thought was a really good spot. Like he was just running back and forth, and he kind of just catches his neck and brings him down to the mat. I thought that was a cool spot. Um, Nikita takes a pretty bad tumble to the outside and hurts his leg, obviously, so Flair can now uh, target it. Uh, Tommy Young shows how awful he is at his job by letting Flair hold the ropes for leverage while the figure four is on, clearly looking at it at one point and just not doing anything about it. Um, Nikita uh, gets color off the scaffold shot uh, to the head, uh, and it gives uh, Flair yet another thing to hone in on. Uh, Nikita rams Flair into the scaffold to kind of get him to start, start bleeding. Um, Tommy Young wasn't even close to Flair when he took the ref bump. He barely grazed him. Um, Scrappy, on the other hand, absolutely gets creamed with the sickle. Um, he absolutely nails him with the clothesline. Um, I thought it was a pretty shit ending, or I probably would have gone higher. Uh, I understand them not wanting to be Flair, beat Flair while also not, in, not wanting to job Nikita at the same time, uh, but I really enjoyed the brawl after the match. But like I said, I went three because uh, I, re- I I didn't really enjoy it, but I enjoyed it more than you did. <laughs> All right, Schiff, how about you? All right, so the start of the match, <laughs> I said... So, so, very somber Schiff tonight. Schiff, I feel bad you don't feel good. I, 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 you're, you're a pro. I'm here for our fans, obviously, you, you, and you, you guys. Are you are a pro. Hey, Schiff, you're the wind beneath my wing. 
Thanks, buddy. I'm wearing you, you, short you, shorts just for you. You're 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 like a box that's always empty to me, Chef. <laughs> Go ahead. About my brain. Um, hey, hey. Hot take. I went ahead and Nikita beat Flair here. Really? Yep. Hmm. Even if the, even if feels, he loses feels, feels it, too, feels too soon to me. But even okay. if he loses it back in January, just have him do it just for like him taking Magnum spot. But that that's just what I would do. I um, but the, I put that at the start of the match. Uh, this match was not good. Um, you were right. Uh, Nikita was not ready for this. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would ever be ready for it, as we see. Uh, this. Is but do you agree with me that if he was in WWF during this time with Hogan, that probably would have been really good based on the dynamics of a differential they do in the WWF well, with Hogan opponents? Yeah, the rumor was that they were going to do. Um, he was going to be the main. Yeah. He was going to face Hogan at the first yeah. SummerSlam. When we interviewed him, when we interviewed Nikita though early on in this pod, I think it was like episode number thirteen. Nikita said that was not true. But, yeah, yeah. That's where he adopted Callum as his cousin. Of that, 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 that is hey, correct. Oh yeah. Listen, rest, to, rest listen in, in the archives. Yeah, rest in peace, Callum McDougal. Go ahead. <laughs> Callum's not dead, by the way. No, 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 he's just not on the show. That's all. Yes. Um, <laughs> Love you, Callum. Yes, we um, do. We love you, Callum. <laughs> Jesus, threw me off. Um, yeah, this just wasn't good. Like, you could see how limited Nikita is, and it makes you wonder, like, because me and you love that Magnum match, uh, the the match six. It makes you wonder, like, oh, my God, Magnum was able to get a better match out of Nikita than Flair was. I, like, we have the visual pin for Nikita, which is like, oh, that means he's not going over. And then, like, what pisses me off, this is your biggest match of the year. At this time, they're doing maybe one to two pay-per-views, right? They're doing... Uh, they're doing one. One, one, pay, yeah. well, one pay-per-view, because Great American Bash, they just had the tour. This is your biggest match of the year, and you do a fucking DQ in the main event? If you're going to well, do what a DQ... Done? Well, what would he have done, though? Like, I mean, okay, so I, I know you said Nikita should have won. Um, if you're like me and Logan and say, hey, we disagree, what would have you done? Because there's not much they could have done. Okay, not, here's what let's you do. Play, let's play or pin them. Here's what you do. If you're going to have that DQ finish, put that as the semi-main, and you have the main event be Rock and Roll versus the Andersons. Mm, mm, I don't know. Mm, or the Skywalkers. And so, yeah, yeah, I guess it's a no-win situation. I mean, I get the cage match with the Rock and Rolls. That would have been good, but... Yeah, back then they didn't do that kind of stuff. It was always the world title was your main. Or you have someone hit Nikita, and you get Flair having the tainted win. You have a four horsemen. I know they weren't in the same uh, towns. Or you can say that Flair paid. That's uh, probably why they didn't do that. Or you have Flair's horsemen paid off Ivan, and Ivan cost him the win for him turning on Russia. Mm. You know, it's interesting because Nikita doesn't do a whole – like coming out of this show – this is like the beginning of the end for him. Yeah. Well, Nikita, well, yes and no. Well, kind of, because Nikita doesn't do a whole lot. And Dusty, they don't do a whole lot until you actually get to Crockett Cup. But yeah, it's um, no, it's not the beginning of the end for Nikita. Nikita has a really he has he he has a he loses the U.S. title, but then he gets a TV title run, so he's still got another year of life left in him at least. And then he okay. starts going downhill. But again, but they don't do much. Like that's what's interesting about this is coming out of this match, Nikita doesn't do a whole lot. Because he's a U.S. champion, but he really doesn't have anybody to defend it against until, you know, it's just weird. It's just weird. We'll talk about that in a couple of months, but nothing really happens coming out of this. 
Well, that's another thing. He's the U.S. champ at the same time. They don't want to job one champ to another champ, even though Flair's the world champion. He's a big star and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just don't know what you do here. I, I, Chef, I get it. I, I just don't, man. I can't imagine Nikita being world champion at this point. He's just so green, man. I don't, I, I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. We got off on a tangent. No, it's fine. Uh, I just want to start in three quarters. Like I, I was so angry. I get like, it. I went like like I said like I stayed up late to watch this because I couldn't sleep and like somehow I was more angry when I left when I went to bed after that so I was like this is stupid and like I, I, my last note is ring fills up trying to separate the people I hate this the goddamn main event wow all right so we kind of end with kind of a turd even though Logan likes this match so all right guys so I, I only got three I'll go fuck myself I guess no no you don't so literally. We only do three things on this show. Like for me, it's only we're only going to do three things. We're going to do best match, uh, worst match, and then your overall thoughts. So best match for me, clearly the tag team title cage match. Anything different? Correct. Correct. Logan. Correct. Uh, worst match, uh, the Valiant Jones match for me. Mm-hmm. The scaffold match. Worse than Jones and Valiant. Yeah, because it had better uh, better talent involved. <laughs> Wait, what? The Valiant match had better talent no. involved in it? No, the Scaffold match had better oh. talent involved, and it shouldn't have been that bad. All right, so, okay, so Schiff. How, how could it have been better? That's though? where I was going to go. It's like, how can that match be any better? I feel like... Don't even have it as a Scaffold match. <laughs> yeah, but it was a Scaffold match. It was I a know. Scaffold it, it, match. That, that's the best Scaffold match you can do. I mean, I know Rock and Roll Express and Midnight Express have one coming up in 87, and I know they've had some in Mid-South. I've never seen one. But I'll be, I'm with Logan by far the, out of all the scaffold matches I've seen. I mean, there's one in Memphis, but this one's bad. I think this one's pretty good for what it was. And I don't know what you would have done differently. Go watch the one from Great American Bash 91. You'll think this one's an instant classic. I well, I don't need to. I watched it with you. No, I'm talking about Chef. No, I know how bad that match is. All right. Um, okay, overall thoughts. So I'll go first. So overall thoughts, long card. I mean, this was three and a half hours just on the WW on the Peacock watch, a lot of car, a lot of matches that didn't mean anything. A lot of matches had schmas finishes, um, a lot of blood. I, you know, only a few star, only a few matches got above the three star range. Um, I don't know for me, kind of a disappointing show. If you're going to go all out and this is like your big, big blow off to 86 and all your big feuds, um, can't really recommend this show. I just, no, I wasn't a fan. Uh, Logan, what'd you think? Yeah, I would probably recommend recommend segments of this show more than the whole show itself. Um, yeah, what, def- like the tag match. Go watch the tag match. Yeah, you could definitely skip at least the first. And four Dusty matches. and Tully. Yeah. No, I would watch Dusty nah, and Tully for the I, psychology. I, I, I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> I would watch Bubba and Garvin, and yes. then I'd watch the. I, I would watch the main event, but I, I I know I'm higher on it than y'all were. But I'd watch the tag, the main event, and the Bubba Garvin match. But um. Yeah, I mean, they just tried to go a little too gimmicky on this. I feel like it was there was a street fight, there was a scaffold match, there was a first blood. Yeah, it's match, like it's like Vince a, Russo booked it. Yeah, steel cage, you know, and it's yeah. just a strap match. So I mean, there was it felt like a gimmick was on God everything. Damn. What is this early TNA? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Dusty Rhodes booking. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could definitely skip all the matches that we didn't really deep dive, um, and you can honestly skip three or four of the ones we did deep dive. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Condense yeah. the three and a half hour show into like an hour. Yeah, and I mean, there's like 45 minutes of just that guy talking in the studio about all of the other shows going on. So you could condense it to about two and a half hours. But um, 
Yeah, not not the best uh, outing that they probably could have had, but uh, it has some good spots for sure. All right, Schiff, what do you think overall? <sighs> I gave it like a four and a half out of ten. Okay. Five, but I'll go out of your way to watch the two matches I spoke about. What, the uh, street fight and the tag match? Yes. I agree with you, 100%. All right, so that wraps up Starcade 86. Uh, definitely some good stuff in here, but the majority of it not so great. So on our next episode, uh, we will talk about uh, kind of the rest of the things that happened into December. And then um, on the episode after that, we will kick off 1987. So we are almost at our full two-year lap of this uh, podcast covering two years of Crockett. So we have all of 87 and all of uh, 1988 to go. So we still got a long, long journey ahead of us. But 1987... Uh, is really kind of for me, 86 was a good year, but 87 for me is a pretty great year too, especially with, uh, we have a certain debut coming up on our next episode that really kicks us off, uh, with some really, really great matches and good shit for Ric Flair, uh, coming up in January. So before we go, uh, we'll do plugs. So and Schiff, I'm not going to make you do all the plugs because you're not feeling well. So I will go to you first. What would you like to plug? All right. Uh, you can catch me. On this feed with YouTube Roulette, that's with Logan, uh, Souza, and Jake, and sometimes Sean. It's Mystery Science Theater 3000 with uh, wrestling. You can also catch me on the pop feed with Traders of the Lost Ark. We just did a fun arc on uh, Harley Quinn's Little Black Book from 2016, which was the most recent comic we've done. We stuck to the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s with that. Uh, I think that's like episode five or six. We we do that slowly. It's it's hard to get all our schedules together. You can also find me on um, Listen While You Play, the video game podcast. That should be out. Uh, our, so what? Mess that up. Order. Play while you listen. There you go. And that is. Uh, He's not vi- really well. I'm not giving shit. I, 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 I shouldn't have laughed. I'm sorry. My video game podcast. That's fine. I'll, I would have messed By it up way, if I wasn't it's, feeling it's bad. His, it's his podcast and he still fucked it up. It's okay. Go ahead. It's a video game pod. I had Andy Atherton on. Um, he might have fired me at the end of the pod. You'll have to wait and listen to find out. On the NoSo feed, um, I'm on Linking Up Lucha, which is Logan's brainchild. Me and Sean are on that, uh, alternating every other episode. And the other episode is Jake and Jenny. And then you can find uh, Logan on um, uh, a myriad of podcasts here, Highway to the Impact Zone, where he's teaching uh, Jake how to do all the uh, – to be a master class TNA graduate. Chef, I, I thought we were going to make you do Logan's It's pod. fine. I'm rolling with it. Okay, all right. uh, you can find Logan on Popcorn Chicken Salad. That might still be going on. You can also find Logan. That's on the pop feed. You can also find it on Wrestling Chicken Salad, which I believe they're watching uh, a bash at the beach this month. I don't no, know. Road just, Wild. Road Wild 98. Road Wild 98. Oh, my God. I feel bad for you. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then you can also find Logan. Uh, who's next? Uh, who's next with Andy? I think that comes out every six weeks. So then they go over eight episodes. You can find him on Talking Docs on the Noso feed on on uh, every one Wednesday a month with Jenny and Roger. They are going over animals as their next season after they finished up serial, um, Colts, which was fun. You can find Sean. Uh, I named all the shots. Hey, hey, hey Chef, Chef, I'll take it from here. Okay. Yeah, I, say, I think you named yeah. the spots. Lo- Lo- Logan, did you get everything on yours? Is there anything you missed? Uh, Starflation was the only one he missed. Oh, that's but, still uh, a thing? It hasn't been on in like a six months. Yeah, I mean, we we recorded an episode. I don't know when it's coming out. Okay, cool. All right, so for me, 
uh, Traders of the Lost Arks over on the pop feed. Uh, I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, we just did uh, Harley Quinn's Little Black Book. So that was a good one. I think we all enjoyed that. So uh, please give Traders a listen. Uh, and then there'll be a new, new podcast uh, that I will be doing uh, with Mr. Shiflet. Uh, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, you, well, it's okay. Because uh, you haven't really recorded an episode yet. So we will be doing a new podcast over on the North-South feed. It'll be a lot like this one where it drops when we can record it, but it'll be called Territorial, where we will be talking about uh, one feud from a territory every episode. So the first one I recorded solo, that one takes us to AWA88. It'll be Carrie Von Eric versus Jerry Lawler on the build to uh, Super Clash. Um, and the one after that that I have Schiff and I scheduled for, Schiff, I sent it to you. Do you know what it, what it is? Did you look yet? Nope. It's in your email. You got the docs, right? Yeah, I got the docs. I didn't look at it yet. We are going to be looking at Bruno San Martino versus Roddy Piper. Oh, my yeah. God. I might not make it. No, you'll make it. It's really good. It's uh, from the 80s with WWF. It's the mid-80s WWF. Yep. So there is a there is a big feud. It's kind of behind the scenes where they, they used to do these things where they would have house show feuds. And Bruno was a big part of that. And there's a lot of good stuff with him and Piper. So that one's a really good one. You'll like it, Chef. I promise. Perfect. All right. Uh, and then again, yes, you can occasionally find me on Highway to the Impact Zone. Occasionally on Russia uh, Roulette, uh, YouTube Roulette, and um, yeah, Leaking Up Lucha, uh, which I'm really enjoying uh, watching. Um, even though uh, on the ones I'm not on, I get shit on, and I'm not allowed to say flippity doo da anymore, apparently, <laughs> even though it's in my contract that I can. You did. That so, I live my house. How do I live my life, Logan? You live your life out of pocket. I live my life out of true pocket. Sta- true statement ever. I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> I will live my life out of pocket. It's fine. So with that, guys, uh, that ends tonight's episode. We thank you for joining. We thank you for listening. And uh, we are going to close uh, tonight's show out with uh, the very song that is dubbed into the Magnum TA video. So I hope all of you live your life like a box of those always empty. Uh, good night, everybody.
life is like a box that's always empty But she's just looking for someone to fill it So that she'll never have to take a look Inside her life is like a box that's always empty But she's just looking for someone to fill it So that she'll never have to take a look Inside It's always empty Cause she's just looking for someone to fill it So that she'll never have to take a look Inside Her life is like a box that's always empty Cause she's just looking for someone to fill it So that she'll never have to take a look She will Like a box that's always in tea. 